this year, I have probably about six books <laughs> on pre-order that are showing up who, who knows, knows when <laughs> <laughs> throughout the year. Just yeah. a special little, you know, girl math free gifts that I have made for myself. <laughs> and welcome to the book jar podcast this podcast is dedicated to talking about books on a bi-weekly basis and normally i am joined with my best friend megan but instead i'm joined with my other best friend alex kalfa i have best friend status you oh best, best friend status <laughs> yay <laughs> you know and you earn that status Despite making me read The Wheel of Time. No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon, yeah. We're, we're still in the middle of that. So for Ooh. those of you who don't know Alex, man, are you in for a treat tonight? But Alex is somebody I podcast with on our sister podca- podcast called The Queens of Fantasy Podcast, where both me, her, and our other good friend Tay talk about fantasy series and read them closely alongside readers. Currently, we are reading The Wheel of Time. Correct. And that is, well, you'll have to check out that podcast to see how that's going. Yeah. No sneak peeks. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Although you kind of got a little bit of a sneak peek. (laughs) That's right. That made it sound like we're not having a great time. We're having a great time talking about it for sure. I think that's all I'm going to say about that. So definitely check that out. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find the other one on the same platform. So Alex, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. How how are you? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Do we ever ask you that? <laughs> I, I think I get asked it like at least 60% of the time. Usually. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing good also. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I am curious if there are any new books you've read that you kind of want to talk about. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been on here, so I don't know exactly all of the books, but there are a few that I've read semi-recently. Um, one being Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, which I cannot give enough praise yeah. for that book. I love that book, and it was amazing. And if you haven't read any Sanderson, I mean, don't read that first because you need some context, but it was a great <laughs> book. <laughs> I would say... If you're okay not getting a couple inside jokes, yeah, you, you might be fine because it. it was a really fun story, but also you're going to get more from it if you've read more of Sanderson for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I really love that one. I bought that book when I was having a bad day and... It's a great book for a bad day, It's honestly. a great book for a bad day. <laughs> it's, it's very... It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's very cute. I love the premise. He has a really good way of mixing the cute and the serious together which mm-hmm. i really do love so he also that one and i this isn't what you asked but i always praise sanderson on this he has like the most beautiful way of describing creativity and art yeah and every single time i read parts about that it yeah. like makes me tear up as someone who is a creative person i just i don't know he just hits the nail on the head every time yeah when he describes yeah. creativity it's it's beautiful yeah i trust him to write about art any day of the week yeah like, it just feel, i'm like you get it you understand yeah, he understands <laughs> what else have you been reading i also read murtaugh which technically it's murtag but i refuse to pronounce it that way i don't <laughs> like that which right. is basically the it's the fifth book in the aragon series but it's not the fifth book in the aragon series it just okay. happens to be <laughs> the fifth large book in that world right but it's not like the fifth book about Aragon. It's okay. about Murtaugh or Murtag, who's like kind of one of the villains throughout the series. But oh, is, interesting. If you haven't read the book, spoilers, he is also kind of a good guy in the end. And it's about his adventures with his dragon thorn throughout, like post the main like war of the original series. Okay. So it's a little slow to start, but I did find it pretty interesting and it was fun to be in that world again as like a nostalgic read for me. So I still enjoyed it. I love that. 
Anything else? And then most recently, besides The Wheel of Time that we're reading together, we both read City of Brass and I was surprised. I feel like I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was. Yeah, I agree. But but I feel the same way. It was a very good book and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really have any expectations at all and it was just really awesome. So we read that for our 2 a.m. book club, which just quick kind of reminder to all listeners about that. You can Shout find out, out 2 a.m. book club. Yeah, 2 a.m. book club. I love the name. The name is my favorite thing. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too much, like giving myself credit there because I did come up with it. It's a great, it's a great name. I feel like it's a good name for a book club. But you can find, you know, what we're currently reading in our Discord. And I just want to say we take recommendations too. So if you're coming in and you're saying, you know, you think we should read X book, we will definitely take it into consideration because we want everyone to enjoy it. So like check us out there. But we read one book a month and that was our January book, Mm -hmm. which I think what was pleasantly surprising for me is I had kind of been told by the person who recommended it that it was a little bit of a slower start, which I can see that it it takes a little bit, certain sections took a little bit to get into, but it wasn't what I would have called like a slow pace. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like a pleasant surprise because I went in ready to be like really struggled to get into it and I didn't feel that struggle. Yeah, I was pretty committed from the start. Yeah. It it really pulled me in right away, even if I see where where someone might be coming from with that comment, but yeah. I still felt pulled into the story pretty quickly. Yeah, it's definitely not fast paced. So if you're expecting that like high, fast paced immediately into everything or immediately into everything where it continues, mm-hmm. I think you could be caught up. But it definitely starts pretty quickly and then there's some lulls but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was slow paced either so it was a really fascinating world and the characters are awesome yeah so I it was just yeah a little surprise that it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise but I genuinely really liked it yeah it's we both immediately bought yeah book two and three (laughs) I was just gonna say it's a trilogy and we met for the book club and we were both like so you have this in your cart right okay yeah me too yeah like we're we're just going to click buy together, right? Three, <laughs> two, one. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that one was really good. I kind of just with the pacing of that and kind of the hype that I had around that and where it was a little bit unexpected, kind of nice segue into our topic, which you actually mm-hmm. came up with because you wanted to talk about book talk. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be kind of considering all layers of online book communities I think in this one but we wanted to talk about the influence that book talk has had on us both like the good the bad the ugly the inspirational the basically everything in between book talk is like such an interesting thing to me because I feel like there's some awesome sides of it and then some like more not annoying but sides that have let me down I guess which is more like books that have been overhyped and Mm -hmm. specifically I haven't seen City of Brass on book talk very often if at all so I think book talk really underhyped it for me (laughs) yeah and it's kind of gotten to the point where there's certain book talk creators that I will trust Mm -hmm. and other ones that I'm like hmm that's suspicious suspicious (laughs) sus yeah so a couple of the ones so like i think where i want to start is the first one i actually read because i just kept seeing it online everywhere which was a colleen hoover book Mm. and it was it ends with us she's alex is like i know where this is going because not (laughs) only didn't have a good time reading colleen yeah (laughs) not only have i mentioned it on this podcast lots when she's been around but also she was there throughout the whole ordeal of me reading this and it was an ordeal (laughs) it was an ordeal it was i i'm not sure i wish i dnf'd books more often you sworn off colleen hoover for sure yeah i did give another one a try because i was curious if this was the the gist of her and i think it is but i i was really disappointed with that one i think the thing that actually kind of made it harder to even deal with this book was the fact that I knew a lot of younger readers were reading it and that made me intensely uncomfortable. Right. And it was a fairly toxic it is, yeah. relationship. And it's so there is like a love triangle kind of happening in the book 
but not really in a active way. It's right. it's it's two relationships and one you're looking at in the past through these journals and the other one is actively happening. And the one that is actively happening is very insta love. You know, they like fall in love immediately and then they start dating slash hooking up and then they're dating and then he's abusing her mm. and then they're married. Oh, lovely. And then she's pregnant. And Classic. there's just a lot going on there. And I think my biggest issue with it is it kind of touted itself as, oh, let's talk about domestic abuse. And then it included other things that are complications to domestic abuse. So let's think about being married or getting married to somebody who is abusing you and the complications that like increase with that level right. of dependency and also getting pregnant in an abusive situation. But I didn't feel like Hoover was willing to actually talk about the things on the side as seriously as she wanted to talk about the abuse. Right. So the way that our protagonist kind of confronted the fact that she was pregnant with her abuser's child didn't feel super realistic to me as right. a woman. I think her considerations around that were really, really, like, really surface level. Right. And so you saw this first on TikTok. I saw it. like, And I, what was it kind of touted as? It was touted as a romance, but not a romance. Like it's so much more than just a romance novel. Right. And it changed my life, like that kind of thing. And you just, I couldn't turn around without seeing it. It was, it was that and then Akatar. Mm. Of course. And I had- Nobody has profited more off book talk than Sarah J. Moss. <laughs> Akatar is, is everywhere. Colleen Hoover, I feel like, has also is also up there, right? Yeah. You know, because they're especially it ends with us. It had been kind of outdated at the point that I feel like it took off really like Like it had been out for a while. Yeah, it had been out for a couple of years. It wasn't a brand new release from her. So right. the fact that people picked that up and then she ended up writing a sequel, which I don't know where you go from there. <laughs> like the woman left her abusive relationship. I also like I took a big part with this at the end is is, you know, her abuser kind of realizes he's wrong when she has a daughter. That's and he's like, I would never let anyone hurt this little girl the oh, way no. I hurt you. <laughs> and it was like she was suddenly a person. And I was like, wow, the misogyny. That's a weird, that's a weird message to have, I feel. <laughs> in your book. And also she leaves her child with this man. Oh. Like, unsupervised, it's implied. I just can't imagine that. Yeah, that, that feels Like, uncomfy. she's left the relationship, and then she starts dating the guy from, like, her past, and that's the end of it. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Atlas, he's so great. And First of all, I hate that name. But. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> but, yeah. So that was kind of my introduction. The biggest fail. <laughs> yeah. And then I read Verity, which had, I mean, it was marginally more interesting, <laughs> but at least I was expecting kind of her right. trauma porn level of writing. Porn. That's really what it is. <laughs> and so that kind of put me immediately on a distrust. And pretty much anytime I see someone who reads Colleen Hoover, I'm like, I can't yeah. trust your opinion. I don't know if this this is gives gives me bad vibes. I yeah. Guess. And this blanket statement here if you like Colleen Hoover that's for you and like it just was not for me but what I'm gonna say is when I see someone recommending it I'm like okay the other books you recommend if they're anything similar like I'm probably not gonna enjoy also also I do feel like when you're recommending 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 something like that it should come with maybe an age yeah. recommendation just because you don't want anybody on booktop reading that necessarily. Like yeah. you do have to have a certain amount of maturity to know what's wrong and what's right yeah. to be reading that. I it's think. the same with reading like dark romance. I feel like there's a there's a good conversation that happens every once in a while what what should be like allowed in dark romance. Mm -hmm. My thing is is most people reading that aren't like I want this to happen to me. It is a very escapism. They know mm -hmm. this is in real life this is not okay. Yeah. But let's pretend for 5 minutes that it 
that it is yeah, in this reading. fictional world. But when you start putting that into the hands of people who maybe don't understand how messed up that is, that is, is a little bit more downside, dangerous. Yeah. And so like, yeah, you can read Colleen Hoover and be like, okay, I understand that we're not supposed to romanticize this relationship, but there are people who don't quite get that click. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of leaving these younger readers in a vulnerable position. Like, it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. On the flip side, I guess, on a a nicer side of book talk, I do feel like it has almost made reading, like, fun again. Like, remember when, like, everybody was reading Twilight and it was, like, so crazy that everybody was reading? And I don't think people stopped reading, but all of a sudden it was, like, cool again. Yeah, when it came out on TikTok mm-hmm. and Book Talk was everywhere, and everybody has this online community where they're yeah. sharing that kind of stuff and seeing the TikToks about a book they love. Like yeah. that is one of the I think benefits to Book Talk or For positive sure. sides. It just provides like a really cool sense of community online, and I think that it might get younger kids or younger people into reading again. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't. I can't not support that. Yeah. We mentioned the age warning with, with the Colleen Hoover book, potentially. Like, I do hope that, like, you know. Certain books are being recommended yeah, to the right age, age group. groups. Because I know, like, I know if we're talking about Akatar specifically, it's considered, same with Throne of Glass, like, new adult. Yeah. And when it was not as big on TikTok, I seem to remember people seeing it in more of the teen or young adult area. Yeah. And I think that's because... Throne of Glass is more young adult, especially the beginning of that series. Mm -hmm. And so this might have been a little bit of like a book seller misunderstanding of like, oh, Sarah J. Moss is here. We're going to put all of her other book, like, you know, like kind of putting them together. Yeah. Even though... Akatar is not for... (laughs) Yeah. It's like there's some overlap in that teenage... Like, definitely if you're in your, like, older teens or closer to 20 or whatever, yeah. like, obviously it's fine. But, you know, Throne of Glass could be read by, like, a 13-year-old and it'd be fine. Yeah. And, or even, like, a 12-year-old. I mean, I fine. read my fair share of, for example, fan fiction as a young teen. Yeah, this is actually and, true, too. And so I, I don't think anybody in the book community is... If you read books as a kid and you were into fantasy, like you ran into, you ran into <laughs> stuff, stuff like, like that. This, this is for true. sure. I feel like there's a big difference also between even Akatar and then A Court of Silver Flame. Yeah. Like one thing is not really like the other. <laughs> and the I mean, level it's similar even to how you would imagine like Twilight versus Breaking Dawn. Like there's more that goes on in Breaking Dawn it's that's true. like you know, a little bit NSFW then. <laughs> I mean, the difference with the Twilight Saga is is the fact that it was written by a Mormon woman. <laughs> that, so that, that too. <laughs> there is a Definitely lot of... not as of, detailed as Silver Flames. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> wait till marriage, abstinent propaganda-esque <laughs> going on in that That's series. True. So it, it's hard. I feel like you also don't want to hide this from kids either. Like, I definitely want to have a good exposure to it. Mm-hmm. Do I think the first Akatar book shows, like, again, red flags? Yeah. Red, red flags. Let's talk about Akatar because I feel. Yeah. I do find, I think, specifically with a book where it's fantasy, it's a little bit easier to read that and know yes. not to accept that I in actually, real life. Yeah. I especially actually, when you're younger. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this with the City of Brass. There is one character in there that we were both spooning over who was like, I have killed <laughs> definitely a so war criminal many people. Like a like war criminal levels. Like if this man exists in our away. reality, I would be terrified if he even looked at me. But, oh, but in, in a that book, world, in that reality, kinda hot. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like it's he true. would he would burn down the world for her and I yeah. I don't mind it but yeah. in real life it gets a little iffy so yeah I definitely see what you mean there there's it's hard to apply our world's morality to a fantasy world in which there's different things going on mm-hmm. I just feel like you can't fully do that yeah but so speaking of Akatar and 
just in general, its presence on TikTok, because this is not a new series and it is everywhere. Akatar is probably you can't escape it. the most common thing I see on TikTok. And yeah. there's a few creators that have videos that I do love. I think they're hilarious. There's one in particular. I don't remember her handle, but I know her name is Kaven. Yeah. And she does this voice for Cassian and it kills me. <laughs> I've sent you so many videos from her. Yeah. And everybody comments and says, if this, because I know they're making it into a show, which is going to be cheesy, but that's another thing. Yeah. That's another topic. If if Cassian's voice isn't this voice in the show, I don't want it. It's so (laughs) right. It's so funny. (laughs) I love the content creation around Akatar because there's so much to make fun of. So much to make fun of and so much to add in. Like she makes her characters, particularly the three boys, like a little bit more, you know, fruity (laughs) and in love with each other. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I think one of the things and I've seen this from a lot of people who really like Sarah J. Moss is kind of the conversation around there's a diversity issue with yeah. her. So and and then, a lot then of straight she wrote couples. Crescent City, which I know you haven't read. No, not yet. And there is kind of this idea that there was a lot of diversity just kind of pushed into that one because of the feedback that she'd been getting. And I just want to make it clear here. I feel like if you're gonna give diversity, it should be not like a side note, not a thing on the side. It should be genuine. It should be genuine. And I think one of the things, if you're gonna be writing fantasy, I just want, you can make whatever you want. So when you are up against things like gender, sexuality, even like race, and you are defaulting to something i just like you maybe notice (laughs) and ask yourself cis straight white yeah (laughs) like there's a lot and and i find it particularly fascinating with fantasy novels how few authors go to like let's say non-binary or like i'm sorry you're talking about characters who live for thousands of years and you think that they are going to be straight straight and cis and conform to our for me, traditional gender roles. Amaran is like a godlike yeah. being and you're telling me she's straight. <laughs> There's, There's no, no way. way. <laughs> she drinks blood or something, doesn't yeah, she? She does. Like she's, So we we knew that she couldn't eat human food. She's like that a was celestial like, level being. Yeah, and <laughs> trapped and in a human body and I there's just, just no way. <laughs> yeah, I just really wanted her to be like, yeah, you can call me her, I guess like to you I must look like a woman. Like I wanted a like Yeah. Okay. Like that that would have been that just or added even, a little cherry. You know, on top. it's like Feyre's like, what is a bi person? And Amran's <laughs> like, me? <laughs> you know, like yeah, why when, would I limit myself? Like yeah. you can't even define what creature I would be if I was unleashed from this body. Also, if you lived for if you were five hundred years old, come on. Yeah. <laughs> These think, boys, come on. <laughs> so Akatar, obviously, we both ran into through Book Talk. Specifically, I only read it because you read it. And I only read it because I had seen so many, so many skits on TikTok that I just wanted to be included in, really. Yeah, you were you felt left out. And I also the felt FOMO like FOMO was real for Alex. It was. <laughs> and I felt like I knew some things that were gonna happen because I'd seen stuff on TikTok. So I just really wanted to just read it and just have the knowledge of what mm-hmm. I was reading because I had read Throne of Glass and I we really enjoyed Throne of Glass. I like, really did. Yeah, you can see the issues with Throne of Glass, but it was it was a fun story. It was a fun, easy series to rip through. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, let's give Akatar a chance. Why not? Yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and you had kind of read it, and I feel like you really wanted someone to talk to, which was the main reason I was like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> You were Twist so excited arm, when I I'll started it. And then I was like, oh boy. So my issue, I think, with it being so popular on TikTok is not that I take an issue with it being popular on TikTok, but it is kind of touted as like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people put other books up against this book. Yeah. And it's, it's very strange to me because looking at it a little bit more... I want to say objectively, but everything in literature is going to be a little bit subjective. So I feel like that's a little bit unfair. But if you're looking at, let me approach this from a different angle. I'm going to say, I 
lost faith in Sarah J. Moss in the second book of that series when to be able to kill off characters. <laughs> no, and you know what? Feyre spoilers. This is this is your chance to get out now if you haven't read Actar. <laughs> Because we've been dancing around it for a bit here, but we're going to just spoil it. So first one, Feyre dies. Understandably, you're going to bring her back. Like there's main character. Main character. We got that. That's fine. And that was intense. That was like legit. I felt like I knew she was coming back, but... It's the start, you know. Yeah, I was like, okay, how is this going to work out with her coming back? I kind of liked the way that she came back. It was very interesting. The second book, we do have kind of this emotional struggle... You do kind of feel for her. There's definitely elements where I was like, she learned to read in like two weeks. <laughs> that that feels <laughs> not right. Her painting, questionable. But you kind of can get into that kind of stuff. But where it really lost me was at the end of the second book. First off, her sisters. That she hates. That are the worst people in the world. What? She's, <laughs> that what? I could care less about. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why were they like the absolute epitome of... You know, stakes, they high were stakes. Awful to her. They were so <laughs> awful to her, and then suddenly we were like, "I guess she doesn't hate them, but they were really awful to her." And yeah, all of a sudden, and they I, were supposed to—I was supposed to care about them. Yeah, it was—it was—it was a weird choice for me to put those people, but they were like the only human people in the world that could be broken. But what killed me about that was when the threat came up to break the mating bond. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I thought it broke. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like, I did not see this coming. Yeah. You know, I can't believe she did that. I was so in awe of the fact that Sarah J. Moss had done this. She had put up a stake and she had, she had, they had lost it. Yeah. Guess what? It didn't happen. (laughs) Guess what? It didn't happen. And I lost faith. And then in the third book, big spoilers, Reese and Amran Amran die because they're at war. But just kidding. People should die. (laughs) And I understand bringing back Reese. I do. I mean, would have been badass to kill him off. Understand bringing him back. Amran? You couldn't have let Amran go? Yeah, that would have been a good amount of stakes. So what what are you trying to tell me with the fourth one with Silver Flame? That you're going to kill someone? No, you're not. I know better. That anyone's going to have a lasting consequence? No, they're not. You're not going to do anything to these characters. And so I stop caring when you threaten them. Yeah. Also, not to mention the fact... And this, my biggest issue with Silver Flames and Frost and Starlight is the fact that A, Feyre doesn't know what to get Reese for Christmas, so she gets pregnant, which is supposed to be really hard for Faye, but she gets pregnant immediately. And then, of course, there's the threat of death because, I mean, why, why wouldn't there be a threat of death? And this world doesn't know how to do a C-section, so Feyre's going to die. But of course, Feyre's not going to die because yeah, she's going to come back. She's going to be fine. In some way. And, and Reese has to hide this situation from her because Red flag. he doesn't want her to know she's gonna die i just i, I it i really liked him i i was like on board with the character i really was and then when he didn't tell his mate she was gonna die and they got mad at nesta for doing it the right thing yeah <laughs> that really that really turned me off and now i'm just back on the rowan bandwagon yeah so i feel again this is if we're connecting it back to the theme, it's touted on Book Talk as the best thing, and it's everywhere. And so, of course, you're going to read it. But there are issues with that yes. series that are important, and it feels like a lot of people, when they're talking about it on TikTok, are not seeing those issues. Yes, and wow. that's my problem. You said that really nicely. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like usually I'm the one who's like, "Oh yeah, wrapping this back to the topic," but you about really did that. Talk. <laughs> I I agree. And I think that becomes the issue with Sarah J. Moss is it does feel a little bit like you either end up on one side or the other where you end up hating with the people who don't like it or with the people who do. And they don't necessarily want to talk to each other. Yeah, there's not a really good way to critique yeah, either side. You can have fun reading these books and also acknowledge that there were some very pointed decisions that were made that definitely are, are problematic worth talking about and so even if you know you want to defend the book and how good it is you have to acknowledge the fact that that that's a dangerous precedent to say is okay mm. there is no reason that a woman who is pregnant 
should not have autonomy over her body when she is mentally sound. Yeah. And it it irks me because you've said this before. It's a fantasy world. It's made up. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Sarah J. Moss said, I, in my fantasy world, I want the hot, amazing male love interest. Shadow daddy. Who can do (laughs) shadow daddy reason, who would protect Pharaoh with his life lay down his life for her. I want him to assume control over her body. Why? Why? Why is that a decision you made? Why are these decisions being made for a series that you know is influential when you could be using them? You could be using it to critique that. Like he can still do that and you can call it out, but nobody calls out that decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of anger that Feyre has. Like, why didn't you tell me? And then she's like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. Like she definitely excuses it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, you made a choice and I feel like it's it's fair to critique it. If you want to have fun reading the book, that's fine. You have to acknowledge that that was, that's not a healthy demonstration of a relationship and to present it as one, it's a little weird. True. I mean, neither is, you know, punching your mate in the face the first time you meet her in Throne of Glass. <laughs> However, hey, Aelin she has she came autonomy. She trained. <laughs> I have, Aelin over Feyre any day. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> great. I do want to talk. So there's there's kind of a one aspect of book talk that I really like and I Mm. want to talk about it. So as we're talking about, you know, getting kind of stuck in the same conversations, there's somebody I follow and I follow her specifically because I don't always agree with her her reviews and her her points on books. So her name is or her user is at my name is Marines and I will link that in the description of this podcast if you're looking to kind of check out some of her videos. I really like her. She's fantastic. Be prepared. She has very strong opinions about books she doesn't like, which is fantastic. And that's literally the reason I follow her. So you know how much I love Chloe Gong? (laughs) She's not such a big fan. Not enjoy. (laughs) Not enjoy. So with These Violent Delights, she actually gave it like one star. And I gave it five. So this is kind of one of the reasons I actually started following her. She also did the same thing for Ninth House. Mm. Ninth House was a little bit of a different, like, I, I feel like she more like has the opinion that she doesn't like these violent delights where she actually pointed out some really problematic things that are happening in Ninth House. And though I still really like that book, it definitely made me look at it a little bit differently and it questioned kind of what I missed. And this is what I love to do on Book Talk is to find people whose opinion I still really respect and I still think they are going to, you know, go into something with a lot of thought and consideration, but maybe won't always agree with me because I definitely don't want to get stuck in the like, oh, well, we all like the same books. Like, let's all just tout the same thing because other people are going to notice things that I don't notice Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And I want people to be open to that conversation. This kind of brings us back to like the Wheel of Time a little bit. I kind of made a joke that we weren't having like amazing time with it. (laughs) But I think the really hard part about reading the Wheel of Time is knowing that some parts of the fandom are really not open to any critique on it. Mm -hmm. And I just I just I just wonder what that's about, because when you hear someone else's opinion and you actually hear it like sometimes they can actually question things that are good to question so for example in ninth house she questioned you know the exceptionalism of putting a main character who is not white and who didn't quote unquote earn her spot at a university like she takes another person's spot and how that is actually very harmful to that group of people because that is an actual stereotype that people say. And so the fact that she made her main character go through that and actually take the spot of somebody who quote unquote deserved to be there when she quote unquote didn't really rubbed her the wrong way. And I was like, I never thought about that because I was so caught up in the fantasy elements of the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, oh, it's like a POC main character. Like, this is great. I didn't think about the implications of how she presented the POC character. 
I think that's totally valid feedback. That's actually like a really brilliant point about the novel that I I probably wouldn't have thought about. Mm -hmm. So I love her. And this is what I love doing on like book talk when I find these people who who have similar interests as me, but not necessarily the exact same opinions, Mm -hmm. because I do like when they can point out stuff that I maybe won't catch. And hopefully one day I can join the conversation and do maybe the vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. uh, that is a great side of book talk using it in that way to see the other side of yeah. some of the the really popular books out there. One in particular I want to touch on because <laughs> it's fairly recently, you know, big on mm-hmm. book talk, and that would be Fourth Wing. Yes. And look, I had a great time reading Fourth Wing. Yeah, it was got dragons in it, so I'm sold. Yeah, Alex is that's three and a half stars immediately for uh, Alex. Yeah, easily. I did enjoy the casual diverseness of like the sexuality in the Mm -hmm. world. It was it was very just casually mentioned. It wasn't like novelty, it felt Mm -hmm. like. So that was a cool point as well. However, that book was so huge out of absolutely nowhere. And I don't understand how that happened. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't love Iron Flame that much i just kind of felt meh about it and that made me a little sad and it kind of felt like the prominence it gained on t- book talk forced her to write something really quick yeah. and that's kind of why it felt like more of a flop for me the second mm-hmm. book and so i do wonder if that's a really negative side particularly for authors is yeah. you get all this hype and you're trying to keep on the hype so you got to put your second book out as quickly yeah. as you possibly can. And that means, you know, you're missing things in editing. Maybe I know there's skeptical people about like the quality of writing. So whether or not she wrote it completely herself too, I don't, that's 100% a myth potentially. I don't actually know if that's true. Yeah, that's a conspiracy. Conspiracy yeah. for sure. But I can see the stress of having to write a book super quickly because yeah. you want to keep that hype going mm-hmm. and you want to you know, sell as many copies. So I do feel like that can be a negative on some sides. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I will say when I read Fourth Wing, I went into it, let's say, okay, so the big ones I had seen, right, so far, if we're following my train of thought here, it ends with us, (laughs) Akatar, And then you handed me Fourth Wing, which I was seeing all over to TikTok. And I just said, this is probably going to be bad. Yeah. Because it felt like that was probably what was going to happen. So I think I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to beat your expectations sometimes. You know, if you go in with too much hype, no matter how good it is, it's just not going to live up. And vice versa, if you go into it low hype, sometimes you're just so happy it's not terrible that you kind of enjoy it more. Enjoy it more. I feel like you and I have both been overhyped by TikTok, so I'm always hesitant now. Yes. Yeah. And so I always kind of am pleasantly surprised when it's not awful. And Fourth Wing was also one of those books where I, you finish it and you feel good. And then about a three weeks after two, you're like, hmm, maybe that like wasn't that? as strong <laughs> as I thought. Whereas I feel like maybe with Iron Flame, you're kind of seeing past that facade immediately. And I also think, you know, there's a certain type of author who maybe is meant to make those kinds of interesting worlds. And I think what I gave it a lot of credit for was its world building. And if that was not her main goal to maintain, which is fine. There's lots of authors who focus on other things. But if world building wasn't her main thing, I will probably also be disappointed with Iron Flame because that was the strongest part for me was Mm -hmm. kind of, and I mean, it's not completely original, but I liked the little twists and turns that she gave to the world. It was just somehow, like Iron Flame for me was somehow slow and rushed at the same time. And I don't understand how. Yeah. And a so lot I just of that didn't... is probably editing, and you're right. Like with the kind of because hype. it came out in I want to say the same year. Fourth Wing came out in maybe January, and Iron Flame came out in November, That's or it might really have been rushed. at least in the same like twelve month span. Yeah, which is crazy. Maybe she already had written Iron Flame when Fourth Wing came out, or yeah. most of it. So like it was more in the editing stage, but that's yeah. still a, a quick. That's still a quick turnaround. turnaround. Yeah. I I feel like the more people jump 
on these like very specific series it is both good and bad like you're talking about how great it is that you can have this community and all this stuff but you know the hype does kind of get out of control sometimes and it's easy to so Akatar has specific tropes yeah. that can be recreated in a different way relatively I don't want to say easily because that's kind of taking away from an author but it's using very specific tropes that are clearly popular on TikTok mm-hmm. so another author can look at that and say how can I make that my own yeah and use that to be popular so, on TikTok, right? So there's another romance author, actually, Ali Hazelwood, who wrote The Love Hypothesis. And she kind of, that's her thing is she she has advanced degrees. So she writes a lot of like academia focused like romance stories. Right. And I really liked Love Hypothesis as like a fun read. But I read an interview with her and I will now not pick up any of her books because it just turned me off of it so much is she actually said she starts with the she has trouble writing a plot which slightly important kind of important when you're a fiction writer (laughs) and her editor will just send her a trope and then she'll base the entire book around that trope and that really like feels like ghostwriting almost (laughs) yeah it really it really made me upset and i feel like for as much as i felt some of that with fourth wing i did feel like she was trying to push against certain tropes but if she's kind of relying on them in Iron Flame, I could see how that could potentially just feel like it was like almost, and this is the conspiracy theory, which is like, maybe it's AI written, mm-hmm. maybe it was not written by her, maybe, yeah. you know, all that stuff. But you could really feel that way just because it is copy paste from other stories. I do want to say I had another person I wanted to mention. I, there's two creators and just before we were getting on this podcast, I couldn't think of the other one. I will actually find it and I will link both in the description of this podcast because they're both great. But there are two people I see all the time who talk about Twilight. <laughs> and this is so funny to me because the amount of things I've learned from them about Twilight, sometimes against my will because it's uncomfortable information I didn't want to know, is unhinged. So the first one is Sarah Elizabeth underscore talks and the other one will be linked in the description of this podcast sorry i don't have it right now but they talk about just the lore <laughs> and i I've, I've had a couple conversations with you about this and i know how un- like you know a little bit how unhinged i'm talking but like the fact that it is canon like esme has like a grooming backstory <laughs> yeah she's nowhere a, yeah she is a grooming backstory rosalind or rosalind rosalie rosalie thank you uh, rosalind is from shakespeare who she's like half based off but whatever <laughs> rosalie thanks also is the only cullen who has not tasted human blood which is interesting because bella makes a huge deal of not wanting to kill anyone but yeah. rosalie just <laughs> killed her abusers so like i don't know I yeah like rosalie so has... rosalie <laughs> killed her abusers and didn't spill blood yes and she was very she wanted it to be very painful i guess so she like anyway she made a point of not drinking their blood because she didn't want them legit inside of her (laughs) okay which okay we're just gonna leave it there i'm not even gonna comment on that (laughs) but also all the cullens wear wigs is a fan theory because uh stephanie meyer has confirmed that if a vampire loses hair it can't regrow but Thinking of children. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> so I, yeah. Anyway, there's actually another very weird, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like something about if they eat human food. Yeah, yeah. And this I was can't... the other one. So they they can't actually digest human food. So in the first book, when Edward, I think he eats pizza or something, because yeah, Bella's like, "Why don't you ever eat?" And they're like, "Well, what happen if you eat?" And he like takes a bite out of it. He's like, "I can't. Like, I can eat it." But Stephanie Meyer has confirmed that they can't digest food, so they have to hack it up <laughs> like a hairball. Again. Because, of course, they do. <laughs> yeah, and I just... The amount of knowledge I have about Twilight because of these two creators is absolutely... I mean, it's unwarranted. It's unwanted. It's unhinged. But also, like, props to them because <laughs> they make it so much more interesting for me. And I love the way they talk about the series. So I think this is another cool thing. And this is a really good example of where I think Akatar could be in the sense that there's some things in that world just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And we're okay to talk about that and still consume the media. Enjoy, enjoy the books. Enjoy. Have know, it as a show. pleasure. <laughs> you know, whatever. And I just feel like that's more in line with that. Also, another benefit to book talk specifically about tiktok i believe 
Stephanie Meyer was going to write the Renesmee book and it got leaked on Book Talk and everybody went nuts and hated it. And yeah. now she's not going to write the Yeah, Renesmee she was book. like, you don't get this anymore. Like, Never mind, I'm taking it away, which is I would have read it to just to laugh at it but also like we did not need that we at do not all need that in and... this universe <laughs> nobody needs that in this no, universe no we really don't <laughs> but they are they do talk a lot about the realities of the book so they talk a lot about how Jacob is essentially forced to because it's not his choice to imprint on Renesmee mm-hmm. or Robitussin <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is another favorite thing i love that the fandom does but he he is incent- essentially in control there. The uh, out of control. Yeah, he's not able to control himself about that. Like that's the way she wrote it and therefore she will he will literally do whatever little Robotism wants <laughs> no matter what. Mm-hmm. So he's like she's kind of made this like very weird slave kind of trope Abusive-esque around him. Yeah, type. it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just love the way they talk about it. So definitely check out those creators. They're like two people that I just think are fantastic. Also, Sarah Elizabeth talks recently. I saw one of her TikToks and she was complaining about one of the new sex scenes in the newest Crescent City book. (laughs) And she's just real funny. So check her out. (laughs) I'll leave it there. But yeah, I I feel like that's a great benefit of TikTok mm-hmm. and Book Talk. Yeah. And truly, if you're willing to sift through the potential bad recommendations or not as great recommendations, yeah. you really can get some good recommendations on Book Talk. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're kind of checking the creator, paying attention to what they've recommended in the past, or even yeah. doing a little bit of research on the books that are being recommended and seeing mm-hmm. like the ratings everywhere. And yeah potentially what the like trigger warnings for those books are. Yeah. Then you definitely can get some really good recommendations on Book Talk for sure. Yeah. It just takes a little bit more work on your end instead of Yeah, and I would say if anyone's kind of looking or like kind of fed up with Book Talk recommending the same kind of books, I think there is a way to really cultivate. You know, I rarely see the same books anymore because I've spent so much time like very carefully looking for other creators. Yeah. And so, but part of that is just knowing and trusting. So the first girl I recommended, my name is Marines. The fact that she had given a couple books that I've also given five stars, five stars was a really good symbol that she was probably going to push my boundaries for my what I might read a little bit, which is good. That's what I want. But she also probably wasn't going to recommend something I would really, really hate, Mm -hmm. even if I didn't love it in the way that she did. So finding those kinds of creators is kind of important. For sure. Anything else you want to mention about book talk? I don't have anything major. This was a fun chat, though. I feel like this could go on for hours and (laughs) hours if we wanted it to. (laughs) I I do have a question. So we we, talked about the ugly. We talked about the bad. We talked about the inspirational. I kind of curious, maybe, and this is kind of a hard question, but what would be the number one book you found on Book Talk? I don't know if I have a number one book that I can name off the top of my head. However, I found out through TikTok, and this is, it happened a little bit ago, but there was the whole situation with one specific author who was going to be coming out in 2024, making these fake reviews and kind of downvoting a bunch of the books from specifically authors of color that were going to come out in the same year. And there was this whole like kind of ordeal about it. Mm-hmm. And through that, it was Jun Jae Jao. They were the author that was speaking about the issue. And mm-hmm. through them, I found out the books that had been downvoted. And so I kind of made a huge order, like sort of supporting yeah. the books that had been reviewed poorly for no reason, basically. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I have probably about six books <laughs> on pre-order that are showing up who, who knows, knows when. <laughs> throughout the year just a special little you know girl math free gifts that I have made for myself and they're all authors of color or just different I guess different points of view that I as a white girl don't 
necessarily know. And right. so I'm actually very excited to read all these different books yeah. from just a more diverse set of authors. So I actually, in the way all that went down was terrible. I'm really happy and proud of the book community that really went to support those authors mm-hmm. that had been affected. Because I know a lot of people went out of their way to be like, I'm pre-ordering this book. I want to read it. You know, I'm going to actually go into it and not look at the reviews because clearly they've been tanked. And I was I was kind of proud to see like that part of the community, too. Mm-hmm. In terms of books I've kind of found online that I thought were really good was so We Were Liars was one that mm-hmm. we we had found and read for our book club, actually. That was the first book we read. Because we were so like it was kind of big and, you know, we would see it online and people would be like, just read it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the best promotion ever was just like, no, like we don't want to, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to say anything. Just read it. There are very specific twists in certain books that people do a really good job on book talk of not spoiling yes. or at least marking their videos that are going to have spoilers. Yeah. And, and I, I really that. appreciate that because it's like, it makes me think, and I know we don't like to bring this up on the podcast, but it makes me think of Dumbledore dying and how the hidden that was from everybody yeah. before they read it. Yeah. And that obviously didn't have as much social media then, so it was a little bit easier to hide that. But yeah. specifically keeping the secrets on book talk is a pretty big feat because yeah. it's easy to just want to talk about the book you've read mm-hmm. but the, people generally mark things as spoiler and I appreciate that yeah I do, I do really appreciate that as well and then the other one I found is before the coffee gets cold yeah that's a great book I I found that one online I saw it somebody was promoting it and I just thought it looked really cute. Mm -hmm. And then I read a little bit about it and I was like, this actually sounds like I would enjoy it. Actually, I found The 10,000 Doors of January on BookTok and that was a really great book. That is on our book club this year. So definitely go check us out if you want to. It was a very very fascinating world that was built and that that really drew me in and I wasn't expecting that. So I I was pleasantly surprised by that one for sure. I love that. That's pretty much it for this one unless you have any other comment. I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Put you on the spot and you said no thank you. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. We just want to thank you so much for listening. Normally, we'd kind of reveal the next topic. However, Megan's still going to be gone. So you're going to have to stay tuned, listen, and find out. You're just going to have to listen to learn. Yes, that's right. Read and find out, but listen to find out. Yeah, listen and find out. That's (laughs) right. Read and find Listen and find out. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you so much for listening. Socials are at the book jar pod for us here. Also, Alex, where can people find you? You can find me most likely um, on Instagram at a creative al or on the Discord channel for the book jar pod, Queens of Fantasy and 2AM Book Club. Yes. I'm Alex Sedai in the Discord. Yeah, so that is a Discord. It's one server for all of those things. So you get the biggest bang for your buck there. And by buck, I mean absolutely zero dollars. It doesn't cost zero dollars. <laughs> literally just find the books at the library too. You're good. <laughs> Link to that will be in the description of this podcast. Otherwise, that's it. That's all. And thanks one more time. And keep on reading on. like almost a voice crack from you hey <laughs> see ya <laughs> i know my voice for some reason it's like been used for an hour and yeah it's like do you like my new stack of books over there yes of course it wouldn't be your house without a new stack of books it's true <laughs>